Ladies and gentlemen, what's up? This is BC. Welcome back to another episode of my podcast, Supreme Being. It's been a long time since I've been able to get on here. Uh, I've been going back and forth. You guys know with the move, uh, moving out of California, and I'll be dropping my video soon announcing I just got into escrow on a property. So yay, round of applause, right? First and foremost, the podcast is sponsored by uh, Team BC, my real estate team. We are in 12 states in the continental United States. If you need any help with real estate, go ahead and let us know. We'll have a chat. Uh, Modern Success, obviously, my tribe, my community. If you guys are interested in getting more direct contact with me, more personal attention, more help, more training, more coaching, and all that fun stuff, go to briancasala.com and sign up there. Or you can go to the link in my bio on Instagram if you would like to do that. So those are sponsors for the podcast, and let's begin. One of the things I wanted to discuss today, I had a lot on my mind, but one thing I want to discuss with you today, and this is something I kind of recently... I believe covered at one of my team trainings, among many other things, but this particular technique in particular, I want to talk about today, and also in the context of the totality of it. So what I'm saying is, I was discussing a specific technique on, like when somebody throws you the hot potato in a conversation, basically, in sales, but also outside of sales, when you're jockeying for position with somebody for control, right, of a conversation, how do you get back control? How do you, when somebody throws you off, they throw you a curveball, they present questions that you know are leading you down the wrong path as far as the destination of the conversation, how do you get back? How do you bring it back? How do you regain control? And that's something I wanted to discuss today with you, okay? Among other things too, I'm going to discuss some things that you can use in conversational uh, interactions that you have with people when you go back and forth with them because I think this is extremely important, all right? So let's zoom in on the sales aspect of it for a second, right? Let's say um, I'm whatever, salesman, Bob Smith or whatever, and I'm making calls, right? We know that as a salesperson, when you make a phone call and you have a conversation, obviously you want to lead the conversation down a desired path to your proposed outcome, which could be anything, right? Let's say you want to get a lead, you want to make a sale, uh, you want... I don't know, to get somebody to sign up for your newsletter, sign up for your campaign, whatever it is, right? Let's say you want somebody to to basically commit to you, buy something. Let's go with the one of buying something or setting an appointment, right? A lot of people who follow me are in the real estate space and they set appointments or they're in other industries where you set up a meeting with a client in order to be able to sell them at the meeting and get them to sign a contract or something like that, right? So let's say we're getting in a back and forth, right? And in the beginning, you introduce yourself like anything else and you start asking questions. That's, that's basically what we do in sales. You have your script. And in real estate, we ask people when they're thinking of moving, uh, how long they've lived at their current address, if they did move, where would they go? Basic questions like that. Now, where the wrench getting thrown into the engine, where that happens, where there's a mix-up is when the customer right, throws a question back at us. Now, I want to zoom in on that for a second. Because when that happens, right, when you're asking the questions, you're the one who's leading the interaction. And I want people to understand that, right? You're owning the frame, you control the conversation, you're controlling the parameters, you're dictating the pace of the conversation. And you're basically saying, okay, we're going to go down this this path, because you're asking the questions. And by virtue of you asking the questions, you can determine where you want to go. And you can create any kind of suspense. You can set them up for something else, right? You have complete control. So when someone says, 
the one who's asking the questions is the one who's in control. That's what they're referring to is now I'm basically am like the conductor of the orchestra. I can do whatever I want. And, and, and people have to understand that. That's the power of asking the questions. You really do have that control and you need to realize that. It's not never really explained like that, but that's basically what it is. It's really cool. So now knowing that you move forward, now somebody asks you a question, okay? They're now jockeying for control, especially in the beginning. Once you're in the call or in the conversation later, and it's a pretty even back and forth and everybody's comfortable and you're in rapport, it's different. At that point, it's not as important. But in the beginning, before rapport is established and you create a connection with them enough, not friendship connection. I'm talking about connection enough for them to hear you out for a couple questions and allow you to gather the information that you want to gather to qualify this individual to say, I would like to pursue a further conversation with them or not. Huh? So in this beginning portion, it's very important that you hit the nail on the head and you do things correctly from a technical standpoint, right? So when we zoom in on this scenario where they ask you a question now, a mistake is made by many people in this moment and it loses them the opportunity of continuing the conversation. And this is what I'm talking about, right? Let's say the person asks you a question. Most individuals will say, well, they asked me a question. So what do I do? Well, I'm supposed to respond, right? They'll ask you a question, you respond. Now, where people mess up is after you answer that question, they're going to follow it up with another one and then another one and then another one if you do not take back control of the conversation. Now, with that said, remember what I said in the beginning, you have your script, you have a desired outcome for this interaction. They don't. So if they don't consciously, they're going to follow their subconscious impulses, which is I'm talking to a salesperson. I want to get them off the phone or I don't want to be talking to this person. Something basically that's the opposite of what you want. Okay. Even if deep down inside, this person does want to buy your product or service in the first couple seconds or 30 seconds of a call, they won't tell you in most cases. So you have to do these techniques correctly and follow this timeline correctly in order to open up the conversation enough for them to get in rapport with you, be comfortable, and then ultimately reveal the truth. Because before we even continue at all, if you've been in sales for longer than a couple months, you've had those interactions that describe what I'm talking about right now, where like I've gone door to door, I've made calls where I present myself and someone's like, oh, you're in real estate? No, I don't want to sell my house. I'll do these techniques correctly. You know, there's many steps. I'll keep the conversation going. And then 30 seconds later, a minute later, two minutes later, they bring up the fact that they're thinking of selling their property. Now, let's think about that for a second logically. They just said in the beginning, no, I have no interest in doing it. I have no plans on doing it. Why? Because they don't know you. They're not comfortable enough to, to reveal that type of information to you. You're a complete stranger. So now once they're comfortable going back and forth, now they're going to start divulging some more personal information, which is why I always tell the salesperson, stick to your script and keep it going. Just because somebody says, ah, I don't want to in the beginning, doesn't mean that that's a no yet. They could potentially be not interested, but I at least want to get a genuine no, not a knee-jerk no. I want a genuine no, not a knee-jerk no. You need to understand the difference. The knee-jerk no is an unconscious, no, nope. like when you walk through the mall and they try to pitch you, whatever, like phones, or when you walk on the beach, especially out here on the West Coast, they used to do in Venice, 
Whether people were selling stuff, they'd walk up to you. You don't want to talk to them. That's why they learn techniques like handing you something while they're talking to you. If you grab it, they just locked you in, right? And then you feel obligated to sit there and listen to them. That's a trick that they do to get you to stay with them. But initially, what do you say? No. Even if you went there, maybe looking for music and they're selling music, your knee-jerk response is always no, even though it may later on not be an actual no. See, and this is where you guys have to make these distinctions and start to understand this at a deeper level, because then the techniques on the surface become easier for you to understand. And when you get negative emotions thrown at you, or you feel a little bit off, you still stick, you still stick with the technique because you know it's the right thing to do. It's logic, it's reason, it's strategy, it's not emotion, right? And a lot of times we listen to our emotions instead of listening up here. And that's what puts us in these problems. Somebody gets mad on the phone, what would be your emotions? It would tell you to back off and apologize. Well, we know if you're in sales, that's not the right thing to do. What are we taught? Mirror and match people. So if somebody comes up intense, you have to be intense. If you back off and apologize, they're going to run over you and they're going to hang up or not want to talk to you, right? So again, if we start looking at this from a different angle, now we can start putting the pieces of the puzzle together. So going back to what I was saying originally, the prospect, right? The customer will say a question, we answer. And then instead of taking control again, we allow them to take it down their line. And again, they don't have a script. So they're going to follow whatever subconsciously they're taken to, which in most cases isn't selling themselves. So now we hit the segue where it's okay. I'm faced with this situation. I need to respond correctly. This is what you do. You have two options in this case, right? If they throw me a question, I can either not answer the question and throw a question back at them, or I can answer their question and then pose the next question to them to keep the conversation going forward and to regain control. Okay. You need to understand that. I'm going to give you a couple examples now, but again, you either, they throw you a question, then you, one of two things, you either throw a question right back at them or you answer and then you throw a question. Okay. So uh, let's walk you through some of them, right? Let's say you're calling somebody um, and they say, because a lot of people who follow me are in real estate, right? Let's say, I mean, I'm thinking of a million examples right now, but let's say they say like, you know, what company are you with? Which is a common question that we get. What company are you with? What will most people do? They'll just say, I'm with Century 21. I'm with EXP. Now, the right thing to do, if we're going to follow these examples, is answer it and then present the next question example that I can give you live. Hey, Brian, what company are you with? I'm with eXp Realty. Have you heard of us? The have you heard of us will force them now to say yes or no. Now, is that magical in itself? No. But then right after they answer that, I can present the next question. So tell me about this property that you're at. So I noticed the home was on the market for three months, right? And it didn't sell. What happened? Now I'm back in control. They still may ask questions, but that's okay. I'm going to continue using the same technique. Why? Because what I said in the very beginning of this podcast, I can control where it's going to go next and I will lead it to a favorable outcome. Again, it's a game of chess. That's all it is. And you do one move at a time. It's very simple. A buyer asked me in a house, right? Let me give you another example of the first one that I gave you. <clears throat> Hey, is the, is the house going to come with the, the bench? Hey, is, let's say a buyer asks you if anything in the house is going to come with it. 
Here's an example of the first technique I gave you where they ask you a question and you throw a question back. Oh, is this going to come with the house? You know what I say? Would you like for that to come with the house? That's my question. Now, that is multi-layered as far as a technique because they gave me a buying question and then I gave them a very good question in return. But notice, I didn't answer the question. I just threw a question back. Hey, Brian, does, do these boxes, right? I'm looking at boxes here because I'm in the middle of moving. Do these boxes come with the house? My response, would you like the boxes to come with the house? Or would you like me to ask them for the boxes? No, no matter, don't get worried about the words. It's the fact that I'm asking a question directly back, right? You see, these techniques, when you use them correctly and you know the moments to use them, are very powerful, are very, very powerful. Because think about what you would normally respond there. Most agents would say, well, I can ask them or yeah, we can always put it in the contract, which is good. That's okay, I guess. But why not take it to the next level and respond with better, more sharp responses following this technique of either returning a question to a question or answering the question then returning another one back, right? Remember, this has to do with frame control and it has to do with the guidance of the conversation and leading it down the path that you want to lead it on because as a salesperson or anybody who's communicating, there better be a fucking purpose behind your communication. You better be wanting to lead it somewhere. Because even if somebody tells me, well, I just want to have spontaneous conversation, that's great, but you're still trying to do something. You're still trying to enjoy your time, uh, elicit emotions in yourself or someone else. There's still, if you trace it back, some sort of result that you want from it. Always. So with that said, let's take a, a, a hold of this dynamic and maximize it. How can we improve upon it? How can we make it the best? That's what I'm looking for. So when I zoom into these scenarios and I look at the beginning portion of interactions, especially that salespeople have, this is key. We have to, um, we have to really present this stuff correctly. Now, I've lear I learned this shit years ago and I employ it now, except now sometimes when I give these lessons, I have to really take myself back to you know five, six, seven years ago when I started because this has become so natural for me now. At times, I don't even think of it as a technique anymore. It just happens. So if you go back as an example, now that I've taught you this on a podcast, maybe go to my YouTube and watch some of the videos even from years ago and you'll see that this has been done for a long time. Go listen to the live calls. You'll see this has been done for a long time. This isn't anything new per se from me. It's just now I can from the outside objectively look at what I'm doing and say, oh, this particular technique, I haven't talked about it. Or, oh, there's something that I think people haven't recognized that I can discuss. Because as simple as this sounds, you'll notice that if you pay attention the next day or two in your life, especially if you're in sales watching this, You'll notice that you don't do this correctly, or maybe sometimes you do it right and sometimes you do it wrong. And if you looked even further, I guarantee you, you would find conversations that end more favorable for you, right? You'll notice that you're doing this correctly. And the ones that don't, you'll notice you're doing it incorrect. I guarantee you, among other things too, but you'll be able to trace this in most cases, all right? Now, can this be applicable outside of sales? Absolutely. Absolutely, it can, 100%. It just depends on the context. Because remember, communication is always in context. You have to remember that. A lot of people forget that fun fact. However, it is always in context. So the same thing that may happen with this person and the right moment here and the style of delivering something here may not be directly applicable over here. You have to understand that. That's why I love communication because it's so versatile and so rich and dense as a subject, right? A lot of times you can't just use the end-all, be-all or this one technique to save you, right? 
just like when somebody comes to me and says, what's the one thing I need to do to blank? It's like, dude, it's never just about one thing. We have to stop thinking that way. We have to open up our mind a little bit, especially with subjects as intricate as this. They have so many layers and so many levels, right? So I know this has been expanded upon, you know, in a 20 minute podcast, basically on one or two techniques, but this is important. If you're listening to this and you have a general understanding of this or it's new, use this as like a tool for the next week that you focus on it. And if you role play with people, right? Practicing, practice with them and focus on this technique, right? If you're doing this in person, if you're working with clients, you're calling people, employ this technique and say, hey, anytime they ask me a question, especially in the beginning, I'm going to do one of these two. I'm either going to throw a question right back or I'm going to answer the question and throw another one. And if you have to, write some of this stuff down. If you guys go to my old YouTube videos, you'll see when I was in my little apartment, you'll see I have like a dry erase board to my left, I believe, on the wall when you watch the videos. A lot of times I would delete and erase what was on that and I would write, hey, I keep seeing seeing and hearing this, right? I get this in text and email and people keep telling me this line, this question. I don't have a good answer for it. And I would sit there using this technique and I would come up with responses. I would come up with good answers for it and then another question, or I'd come up with questions to counter that question, right? So many, all right? So again, I don't want to drag this on. I have another call to jump on here uh, in a few minutes. So thank you guys for listening. Supreme Being, we're on every Monday and Wednesday, normally at 7 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. We were a little bit early today. A uh, huge shout out to Team BC, my real estate team, which is now nationwide and soon to be worldwide. Uh, if you guys are interested in learning more about the team and possibly joining, contact your regional leader at jointeambc.com. Uh, number two, if you guys are looking for more support from me, more help, more access to my resources, more training and coaching and mentorship and all that, I really, really highly recommend you join Modern Success. That's the program that I created. It's now a thriving community. It is at briancasella.com if you'd like to sign up. Or if you follow me on Instagram, at briancasella, you can click the link in my bio and find the link there. All right, that's it for this one, guys. We'll see you on the next episode. Peace.